Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Matt and Jess. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. Fuck. Hi, guys. It's great to be here live in the room. We are live in the room. Where we just did our first ever and Matt and I's first ever, ever live Facebook Mm. stream. Mm. Mm. Am I saying that right? We we popped your Facebook live cherries. It was real fun. (laughs) There was a lot of blood. There wasn't that much blood, Dave. Right, there wasn't that much. Yeah, that was very exciting. That was really fun. I enjoyed doing that. I would almost prefer to just do that consistently rather than the podcast. Less research involved. There there is, for sure. Well, people really got involved. We got about 500 comments on there from... So thanks for everyone watching from around the world and Sweden and Ireland and Japan. Do you know what would be funny, actually, is more of a behind the scenes? Because what they got to see there was just how we interact when we sit in close proximity. I think it would be funny to do a Facebook Live video while you researched a topic. <laughs> it would like just, it would just be sitting at your computer, like reading. Yeah, just sort of like, like a gaze. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I'll take a note of that. 
what? copy that bit. I'd like to know Oops. sort of like Mine what music be... you listen to while you're doing it. I'd be I'd be sweating. It'd be <laughs> going shit. And, shit. Uh, and we'd be behind you going, "Hey Matt, you nearly ready to <laughs> <Yeah>. record?" <laughs> Just Matt glancing at the clock. Oh no! Oh no! It's nearly one thirty. We're going to record at two. <laughs> I work best under pressure. Hey, that's all right. Uh, I do a lot of research, you guys. No, no. I was making a little joke there. We know you do. You do. You, you work hard for the pod. I work hard. I play hard. <laughs> Might still be drunk. Not. No, you're you right. are hungover though. I am hung. Let's. You are hung. Well hung. As Seven we out said. of ten hung. You said on the Facebook video. Seven, Seven out, out of ten. ten. Have you? So you would get hung again. <laughs> and Jess, we haven't seen you in a while. We haven't seen any of it. We haven't seen each other, I know, because when one of us is away, in this instance it was me, the other two are contractually bound to not see Mm. each other in that time. And and if if you find out that we've seen each other, you will, of course... Kill us. Kill us. I was going to say, divorce us. So... After killing us. (laughs) It's a strange order, I know. We can only... all. It's all or nothing with us. Mm. We're either all together or nothing. We're the Voltron of podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, we. I mean, sure, the lines are something, so it doesn't quite make sense. But they're not really anything to their Voltron. I mean, you'd see one of the Voltron parts walking down the street, and you'd be like, you wouldn't even think, wouldn't even look twice at one of those red or yellow leg lions. Yeah. But then suddenly they come together. You're like, oh my god, that thing's a hundred foot tall. This is awesome. Sweet leg lions. Jess, you don't know Voltron. No. It's like it's like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers before Mighty Morphin. Yeah, of the eighties. Interesting. Why do you know it then? Uh, because I inherited a toy from my older cousin. Oh, that's cool. Man, I've got a Voltron. Still got it. That's still got it. <laughs> still got it. Voltron still got it. But it is great to be back in the studio. It is. And it is great that Jess has organised a report for us. I have. I've done it, boys. Yes, she's I've done bloody it. done it. Did you write this while you were away on tour? I should have. Oh, you should have. So, you were, of course, you were in uh, the, the Comedy, Melbourne Comedy Festival Roadshow Tour, doing some shows interstate. Very yes. cool. I was in, in Western Australia. Towns. Yeah, I was over in WA. And if anybody's listening who came to those shows, hello. Thanks for coming. Did you d- d- dig up any gems? <laughs> oh, very cool. Oh, no. Um, no. I should have done this, but to be completely honest, I had a lot of internet issues. <laughs> Barely had Wi-Fi while I was over there, so I, I would have... Probably started some research because I had a lot of downtime. Oh. But um, I did this yesterday. Oh, good. So it's fresh. That's good. That's a good thing. Oh, good. I like that. Oh, good. I said good funny. <laughs> I liked it, though. I, yeah, think I, might, I think I might try it on for good. Oh. For good. <laughs> Your first opportunity, you missed it. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, boy. That is no good. good. Oh, no. <laughs> He keeps missing his shots. You did the regret face then. You wouldn't do it on the Facebook Live video before. And people hard. wanted to see it. Yeah, no, it's hard when uh, I think Can't when people it. want it. You know, they want it. I'm like, I, I don't know what it is. I have to genuinely regret something to do it. Yeah. And obviously everything I said on that was not regrettable. No, 100% it a, gold. It was, 100%, it was a joy. So this is a... Um, uh, and, uh, the video is still there, by the way, on our Facebook page. If you want to see us interacting for about half an hour with... Comments coming in and out, bit of a Q&A and also just a, just a guest bag. Yeah. Just having a bit of bloody fun. We're catching up. We interacted with comments coming in, but also comments coming out. Of our somehow. own mouths. Yeah. You oh, fucking idiot. I see. Mm. I get it. I'm, I've got you back, Dave. Jess, can I bring you to your question, please? Absolutely. Which I did write this time. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Granted, it was five minutes ago before we started recording. I went, oh, I've got a question. And I Still wrote counts. it. Still counts. Um, okay, gentlemen, my question to you is, which of... The founding fathers 
was the biggest ladies' man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you've got George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock. The signature guy. Ah, gives you John Hancock. Uh, what's the other one? Alexander Hamilton. Oh, the, the musical. musical guy. They're the four See, I he, know. I would not have, he'd be the one I wouldn't have known until the musical. Who, can you think of any others? Because it's none of those. It's none of those ones. Uh, uh, Jefferson. No. Jefferson, Jefferson, Jefferson Ford. Ford. Oh, the man with the kite, Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Oh, oh, $100 bills. Very good. Yeah, correct. He was a ladies' man. Apparently. Oh. So this is actually a golden hat suggestion from uh, Justin McCain. Thank you, Justin. Mr. Justin McCain. Plays a silly, silly game. What's the next bit? All the kids in the, the street, street, they, they like, like to, to say do his the... name. Oh, Is that right? Fuck. Anyway. I don't yeah. know. That's and right. Then, yeah. Wash your face Franklin. with orange juice. Wash, Wash your face with orange juice. juice. Brush your teeth with bubble gum. Brush your teeth There's a video on, on YouTube of Wipe me interviewing Peter Coombe. So, right. so Peter Coombe is a, for any, like an 80s and 90s children's entertainer who sang nonsense songs like that. That's why we're singing him. He was yeah. big here. And you've interviewed him. I right? interviewed him. And then uh, he sang... Um, did he sing? He sang Toffee Apple, and I got to do the very nice bits. Oh, we'll be sharing that. That is that's that's got to be a life that highlight. That is good stuff. It was a, it was, it How was have a you not brought thrill. this up before? <laughs> I don't know. I just remembered it then. Wow. Would that be on your like life show? It would have. It was quite a few years ago. When they bring back This Is Your Life, that oh. would be a big moment for Matt and his episode. Very nice. <laughs> so Justin said. Um, the, well, when he suggested Benjamin Franklin, he said he was an inventor, an American patriot and diplomat, but also a dirty perv. <laughs> I would love Ooh. you to do an episode on the lewd life of Benjamin Franklin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but to be completely honest with you, you two and also Justin, I did find a little bit, like I, I had to really dig, to be honest, to find anything. Oh, what websites were you on? Some weird ones. Benjamin- Cracked. <laughs> BenjaminFranklinNudes.org.com <laughs> well, was taken. He- He's, a, he's somewhat of a, a legend. He's held in very high regard. So imagine that mm. if he does have a, a seedy past, they'd probably um, paper over it with a lot of yeah. the more positive things like kites uh, Which I'll yeah. being go into. electrocuted. I mean, the, the kite story is obviously nonsense. They just said that to try and cover that time that he went, you know. Yeah, yeah his dick, a, dick yeah. out at a school fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it that? No, it's not that kind of. Not that kind of. It, I, I'll talk about it a little bit later. But One question. Yes. How many threesomes? Oh, countless. Countless? Ooh, wow, I don't know. That's maybe, probably. Lot. I assume. You were sh- okay, there's a lot of assumption in this okay, episode. Okay, so, yeah, because there isn't a lot of, obviously there's not a lot of evidence about it. It probably wouldn't have been all that well documented because he's, th- th- basically they found a letter that he wrote to a younger acquaintance of his, another guy, and he was, uh, Benjamin Franklin was saying that uh, you should go after, like, older women for a series of uh, reasons. So generally it was like, they're more grateful. They're just so grateful for male attention. Okay. Uh, secondly, less likely to get pregnant. Not going to have those pesky kids around. Mm-hmm. All right. This he literally just... says something about like the inconvenience of having children. Right. Like, it was pretty gross. He's sounding like a really great guy. Also, they're they're more discreet. They're more discreet. No, I'm going to tell everybody about it. But the grateful part was what I enjoyed grateful. the most. So none of like the, the maturity part. Yeah, no, the exper- life experience. None of those things. That's what the I was sexual it experiences. Be. I mean, oh, yeah, sorry, he enjoyed that experience. The experience of not being able to have children anymore. Yeah, I imagine changes you. Yeah, that's good. 
You can so really just because nice. back then condoms oh. were made out of wood. So I think in a lot of ways, <laughs> wooden condom. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it makes sense. You don't want to have to wear those. Yeah, you don't want to block up. And no. the other thing that he was quite happy about, like that he pointed out to the guys, like it doesn't really matter what they look like because I know older women are gross, but it doesn't really matter in the dark. Yeah. Can't tell. And electricity Is it, isn't you, around, right? He genuinely was. Any holes a goal, you know? He said that. He coined that phrase. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow, wow, he was a dirty person. <laughs> It's funny that a guy most famous for being on a note coined a phrase. Mm. <laughs> he noted a phrase. Should have been on a coin. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 So anyway, that that's the the lewd part. That's well. That's all that I could find, Justin. If the, if you've got more evidence, evidence, mate, send us an email. Oh, I'd that was that. the whole lewd part. Yeah, because basically what I could I was hoping that you know when somebody has like like the Charlie Chaplin episode I did a, a few weeks ago, um, all of his like weird and fucked things were like right front there. Front and centre. Front and centre. Like they were just part of, you're reading about his life and they came up where they were relevant. Whereas with Benjamin Franklin, I just kept reading and reading and reading and reading and nothing, none of this was coming up. It was just more like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. Huh. And I had to like really search to find anything that kind of suggested Sounds he was like a bit of a propaganda perv. to me. Mm, so we don't know. But I would like to uh, to tell you a little bit about Benjamin Franklin, if I may. I'd love to hear a bit about him. Dave? Thank you. Now I've I've just... Put him in a different, you know, category, perv. Um, Let's see if I can uh, talk you around. Yeah, win me back. How many categories do you have to put people in, in your Two. brain? Two. Perv, non-perv. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Still deciding. I want to be perv. You want to be perv? Kind of. All right, well, I'll tell you that you're both in different categories. <gasps> what about that? But I will never reveal which. <laughs> but isn't... isn't <gasps> Yay! My mum always said, if you want to be a perv, you never will be. Does your mum say that? Yeah, it's what? one of it. It's a coin she what? phrased. Why would she coin would she that phrase? That? She phrased that coin. Diane, How, did she often <laughs> say that? Did I she... was trying to, you know, you know that thing about being cool. If you're trying to be cool, oh yeah, okay. I was trying to do that, and it did not work. If you're trying to be a perv, you never will be. Being a perv should come naturally. Is that what you're saying? If you're trying too hard to perv it up. If you have to tell people you're a perv, you're not a perv. Why am I saying this? This is just going to come back and kick me. Unless you edit it out (laughs) as a favour to me. Yeah, okay. All right. So, uh, well, maybe it was better that I say that at the top instead of like telling you his life story and you guys like, he's amazing. And they're like, also dirty perv. (laughs) Maybe it's good that we've got a bit of balance. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're here. But also, you know, we're all humans. We all have flaws. We're all pervs. We're all pervs in a way. At yeah. some point in our life, we'll all be pervs. Yeah. Behind closed doors, sure, I've perved. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll admit that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to cop behind, I'll, I'll put my hand up. Behind closed doors? Behind closed doors, I'll perv. Are you perving it yourself? Yeah, I'm just having a look. <laughs> <laughs> Seven out of Ooh. ten, my friend. Seven out of ten hung. Just have a look. Just have a little look. In a oh, mirror? Oh, look at that. Just going to pull the, you know, you pull the pants forward a little bit. Just go, oh, there you go. Oh. Whoa! 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 Wee! Whoa! That, that... That's uh, my mate Borat would say. Whoa! Whoa! Wee! Whoa! <laughs> Seven out of ten hunger. Hunger. How much are you hating yourself right now? So much. <laughs> Do you want me to start talking? Please. All right. So Benjamin Franklin was born on the seventeenth of January, seventeen oh six. Wow! What, what a time to be alive! What an old man! Seventeen hundred. Assuming he's still alive. Yeah, I think so. I haven't heard any otherwise. Um, in Boston in what was then known as the Massachusetts Bay Colony. His father, English-born soap and candle maker. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's funny. 
It's not at all. We need both of those things. We need both. We need, we need candles. We, they did then. Oh, sorry. When you said we, I thought you meant um, you, were, you were talking about the... I need candles. Yeah, okay. How else is my, am I going to make my house smell nice? <sighs> Some people love smelly candles. I like candles. No, nah, I'll take them or leave them. There's the options. Well, I'm not like obsessed with them. You know, I won't spend heaps of money on... I know people who spend a lot of money on candles. I don't really give a yeah, shit. Yeah, I know some people that budget for them. Like, 50% of the household budget is candles. I'm thinking of Elton John and flowers, sorry. <laughs> 50%? Oh, man, that, the man spends millions of dollars a year, on, a year on flowers. Why? Because he's a very sophisticated man. No, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with that. Anyway, so... It seems to me that you live your life like, like a, a flower, flower in, in the, the living room. <laughs> Um, so yes, his father was a candle maker and uh, his father had seven children with his first wife um, and 10 more with his second wife. Well, can I just ask one question? Do they know what was causing it? <laughs> Do they? Yes. <sighs> 17 children. Mm-hmm. Jess's face was like, okay, well, you can ask a question. <laughs> um, let's see what it is. I'm ready to work. Oh, he did it. He did, he did it. it again. When I saw... Genuine shock on her face. <laughs> when and I delight. saw how many... Because Ben was the 15th child. Of the second? Of the second one. No. Right. Well, oh, yeah, 15 overall, so 15 part of the second, overall. obviously. Right. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. I can't wait for the, do they know what's causing it joke? Do they bloody know? And I know John Perkins, my own father. Who coined that Who joke. coined that. Whenever he hears it, he probably just does a little. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> one of mine. And he only had two children, and I am, the, I am one of them. Do they know what was... It. Yeah. So, so fifteen out of seventeen children. He's number fifteen. That that does put in perspective why he's obsessed with trying to find women that won't have children, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because looking he's... around and having sixteen siblings, you'd be like, I imagine it would be hard. It's like a classroom. Money, money. There's wise. so many of them. How would you? Oh no. I've told you guys this before. My my dad was one of thirteen with mm. a couple of foster children on top. That so is 15. incredible. Yeah. I think it was 15. That's, That's amazing. Amazing. amazing that they took extras in. Yeah. I maybe two, maybe four foster kids. There but maybe a... they had the older kids grown up and moved yeah, well, out? Or... Well, it's funny because the, you know, the eldest kid, because even if you're having those kids every year and a bit, you know, like mm. maximum capacity, yeah. then you're, your oldest and your youngest are going to be like something like 20 years apart. My dad is the youngest and his eldest brother is 16 years older than him. Yeah, right. So, I mean, they, are, they sort of help. They must have helped out a bit, I guess. I guess they do. Jeez, we have not got far into yeah, this Yeah, sorry. Okay, so, uh, Ben learned to read at an early age, and despite his success at the Boston Latin School, he stopped his formal education at the age of 10 to work full-time in his cash-strapped father's candle and soap shop. There you go. You got too many kids, mate. He didn't... Well, he literally could only afford to send him to school for a couple of years. So by the time he was 10, they couldn't afford it anymore. So they pulled him out and he was working in his dad's shop. Um, Funnily enough, dipping wax and cutting wicks didn't fire the young boy's imagination. Um, To dissuade him from going to sea, as as, uh, one of his brothers had done, his father apprenticed Ben at the age of 12 to his brother James at his print shop. So James had a print shop and Ben went to work for his older brother. Um, I suppose you got connections with older brothers. That's good. Yeah, that's true. It's all about nepotism. It's all about who you know. Any industry's like that, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, network, medicine. Network, network. Medicine. It's all about who you know. Exactly. Qualifications. Don't worry about them. Yeah. I know a guy. I know a doctor. <laughs> I know a doctor. Please welcome to the fraternity. Do I know any doctors? Hmm. Your doctor? 
Yeah, but like I don't know them. Right. You know. Hmm. You've never seen them without the white coat. God no. Mm. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't bloody wanna. Actually, I, no, I won't get distracted. I was going to tell you about the most lovely doctor I've ever been to, but never mind. Um, although James mistreated and frequently beat his younger brother, Ben learned a great deal about newspaper publishing. Um, when James refused to publish any of his brother's writing, then 16-year-old Ben adopted a pseudonym, Mrs. Silence Do Good. <laughs> there it is. That's the best name ever. <laughs> Who was an elderly widow, apparently. Silence Do Good. And her... Her... 14 imaginative and witty letters delighted readers of his brother's newspaper, which was the New England Courant. Um, right, so he's silence do good. And his brother's like, wow, that's clearly a real person. These are great letters. These are very funny. I'm publishing them. But then when James learned that uh, his brother and apprentice had penned the letters, he was furious. Um, but, like, it was too late. They'd already been published. So, and they were, and they were, they were already... really funny. And people loved them. Um, he was an, uh, Franklin was an av- advocate for free speech from a very early age. Um, when his brother was jailed for three weeks in 1722 for publishing material unflattering to the governor, uh, young Franklin took over the newspaper and had Mrs. Doogood, uh, who was, so he wrote a letter as Mrs. Doogood and published it, but she was quoting Cato's letters. And uh, he wrote, without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. I mean, that's deep. That is deep, but it's also a little bit lewd. (laughs) It is a bit lewd. A little bit lewd. All right, let's clean it up there, Ben. All right. And did he, like, have to, like, ever do press conferences and dress up Mrs. Doubtfire (laughs) stuff? Oh, hello. Hello. (laughs) Anyone who is against free speech should leave. (laughs) French. It's a little bit she from... Silence. My name is Silencio. (laughs) That's Italian. (laughs) I've travelled a lot. (laughs) My voice is very uh, hard to pin down, <laughs> as my pronunciation changes for every word. <laughs> but I am very eloquent when I need to be in a lot of form. <laughs> Thank you and good day. Uh, Mr. Dugan, uh, Mr. Dugan I have, I, we have questions. Okay. Fear away. So, um, we're, yeah, we're just wondering, is, uh, is your editor... Um, Jeffrey Edison or whatever this guy's name around at the moment. What's his name? Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. <laughs> is Ben Frank? Can we just? Is Ben Franklin around your? He's your boss, right? Yes, a fine young man with a very large, well hung man. <laughs> and he, is that's, he? That's fine. But we were just wondering if if, uh, if we if, could ask the two of you together some questions. Yeah. I'm afraid he's ill, meaning sick. <laughs> We're really going to need to chat to him, if that's okay. I'll pass on any questions to the great man. The great man? He's such a lovely young boy. Is he it? should be published more under his own name. We're, we're actually meeting... Well, he made published more under his own well, name. Uh, apparently his brother, the massive beep, is, a, <laughs> is, is not publishing him a lord. A lord. Okay. I don't know what that means. We're, we're actually meeting him for dinner at the restaurant around the corner at eight tonight. I was wondering if you, we could meet you there as well for another, like an alternative important meeting just on the other side of the restaurant. I'm afraid I have a prior engagement. You haven't <laughs> seen Mrs. Doubtfire, have you? I'm having tea with the Queen. I've got to put a pie on my face and be caught urinating standing up. <laughs> the two scenes I can recall from Mrs. Dubfire. 
and sync. Very good, imp- very good. Yes, ending there, boys. Very good. <laughs> well, I don't know what, don't know what, what just happened. Blacked out for a couple of minutes. <laughs> so good. Okay, so. Eventually, obviously, Ben grew tired of his brother's harsh and uh, and mean behaviour. So Ben fled Boston in 1723, although he still had three years remaining on a legally binding contract with his master. <laughs> his, his master being his brother, his brother. That beats him. If my brother ever heard that, like, oh, I'm your master, I'd, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Well, your brother is a tradesman, so you could do an apprenticeship under him. I could. He could be your master. That could be so fun. I'd love that because I'd do no work. Probably wouldn't pass my apprenticeship, actually, yeah. Yeah, I think you got to do work. That's part of it. Nah, but I'd be like, Mikey, you do for me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Which I've done my entire life. That's true. He uh, could just Mikey. sign the papers, right? Mikey, fix it. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I try, Mikey. I try. Can I go get coffee now? Oh, man, you sound like the worst. <laughs> yeah. Only to my big brother. To anybody else, I'm delightful. Right, guys? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Matt jumped in quicker, but still hesitated. Dave, you... Hesitated quite a lot, and then your oh yes was very sarcastic. Hmm. Wasn't it? What the, I just can't get a read on this flat, guy. Yeah, um, okay, so Ben escaped to New York before settling in Philadelphia, which became his home base for the rest of his life. Oh, and I believe in where they signed... In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Did he write that? Yes, he's the Fresh Prince. I believe uh, Philadelphia is also where they signed the Declaration of Independence. All right, spoilers. Is the Broken Bell there or something like that? The Liberty Bell, the Cracked Liberty Bell, is that a thing? No. Oh, right, the playground is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where Rocky ran up the steps. Maybe Rocky's from there? I don't Rocky think, Balboa, no? I don't think the bell is mentioned in the Fresh Prince rap. Okay. I'm just I'm throwing stuff out now. knowledge of Philly. There's the basketball team, which is named after the year they were formed. I forget what that was, 76ers? No, is that Adelaide? Looked at my kingdom, I was finally 39ers. there. 39ers. sit on my throne as a prince of Bel-Air. 46ers. It's a number. Okay, great. Can I? Let's list them all and we'll edit in the right one. <laughs> <laughs> all the numbers. <laughs> all right, one. The oneers. The oneers. <laughs> the twoers. The silly oneers. <laughs> um, encouraged by Pennsylvania Governor William Keith to set up his own print shop, Franklin left for London in 1724 to purchase supplies from stationers, booksellers, and printers. So he's like, I'm going to set up shop. Um, But he was still a teenager, and he arrived in England. He's still a teenager at this point. Wow, sorry. Yeah, and he felt kind of duped because um, William Keith was supposed to send all these letters of introduction. I don't really know how they work, but it was going to help him, you know, meet all the people that he needed to meet, and those letters never arrived. So he's just kind of left in London with nothing. So um, he was forced to find work. At a London print shop, which he did, but he also took full advantage of the city's pleasures. He attended theatre performances. Lewd. He mingled with uh, the populace in coffee houses. Oh, you know what that means. I know what that means. And he continued his lifelong passion for reading, pornography. (laughs) 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 Just reading the articles. Yeah, he reads. He likes the articles. Um, In 1725, Franklin published his first pamphlet, a dissertation. A dissertation. Upon liberty and necessity, pleasure and pain. Oh, pleasure underlined. Philadelphia are the 76ers and their mascot is Franklin the dog. Ah. Coincidence? Franklin, you old dog. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, this was his... Was, does, he, does he become a dog later in life? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. You'll, trust me, go along with this. 
Um, so this uh, this pamphlet that he wrote, Dissertation Upon Liberty and Necessity, Pleasure and Pain, argued that humans lack free will and thus are not morally responsible for their actions. Oh, see, he's just trying to get a jet, get out of jail free card for later on when he's caught doing some lewdness. Yeah, but he later, um, he sort of like took this back and he burned all, all but one copy of the pamphlet. Right. So... Mm. Maybe he changed his changed his tune. Yeah, but then he could say that it, it was under his control, his actions, when he burnt the pamphlets. Yeah. So. Hmm. Mm. Matt, are you still looking up the 76s? Yeah, I've, just, I've gone down a <laughs> bit 69ers. of a 76s hole. Because apparently they actually began in 1949. I thought it was, that was 76 about that. How do they get their name? You guys would be fascinated by this. I might just keep going. Yeah. And you can just figure that out for yourself. Probably don't share it on the podcast. Okay. And I'll just address this to Dave until you're back. How's that sound? Yeah. Cool. Um, So following this, he returned to Philadelphia in 1726 with the help of a guy called Thomas Denham, who was a merchant who employed Franklin as a clerk, shopkeeper, and bookkeeper in his business. Hmm. Hmm. He returned to a familiar trade in 1728 when he uh, printed paper currency in New, in New Jersey before partnering with a friend to open his own print shop in Philadelphia. Um, and that print shop published government pamphlets and books. In 1730, he was named the official printer of Pennsylvania. Kind of cool. Sounds like a bit of a step up. Cool. Like he's got, the, he's got the whole market share, you know? He's like, I'm the printer. Still not very old at this time, is he? No, he's still fairly young. He's 20s. Um... By that time, he'd formed the, I want to say, Junto, um, which was a social and self-improvement study group for young men that met every Friday. Oh, that's lewd. Oh, yeah. You know what's going on there. Yes, yeah, so they met every Friday, right, to debate morality. They met every Friday at Club X. <laughs> morality, philosophy, and politics. When Junto members sought to expand their... Re- Junto? J-U-N-T-O. It's got to be like Junto, right? That sounds all right. Junto sounds really dumb. I think it's really a soft dumb. yay. Yanto? Yunto. Yunto. That's <laughs> probably better. Yunto. When they sought to expand their reading choices, Franklin helped to incorporate America's first subscription library, the Library Company of Philadelphia in 1731. So they'd all like put their money in, buy books with that money, and then they could all sort of share the books. Oh. Because books were expensive and they couldn't all afford to, to have many. So they had like a library. Yeah, so they sort of all shared. Originally, they would just sort of put in like, oh, I've got these books, and the others could sort of... Porn. Yeah, I've got these porn. I've got, got these the... pawns. Here, read my favourite pawns. That's, ni- that's nice, actually, isn't it? Because then you sort of get an insight into what other people's fetishes are. Yeah, that's behind nice. closed doors. Yeah, that's nice. Um, in 1728, Franklin had set up a printing house in partnership with a guy called Hugh Meredith. The following year, he became the publisher of a newspaper called the Pennsylvania Gazette. Go Pens. Gazette is a fun word, too. Um, the Gazette gave Franklin a forum for agitation about a variety of local reforms and initiatives through printed essays and observations. Over time, his commentary and his positive image as an industrious and intellectual young man earned him a great deal of social respect. Ah, but they didn't know what he was doing behind closed doors. He didn't know about all the lewd things. Mm, the lewd, nude, rude bits. <laughs> In uh, 1732, Ben Franklin published the first German-language newspaper in America. Dave, can you help me with the uh, German here? <laughs> oh, my God. It's pretty good. <laughs> Die Philadelphia Zeitung. Oh, very good. It did sound good. Is that real? Have you, do you know German? No, not at all. But you just have German blood. Mm. 
Wanaka. Wanaka. Mm. Um, very, very old German blood. And he still did it so much better than I possibly could. It sounded, I believed it, it 100%. Very good. Um, although the, the paper failed after only a year because four other newly founded German papers quickly dominated the newspaper market. That is unlucky. Damn it. How crazy is that? So five say, German it, newspapers. It folded quickly because only four people in the whole city spoke German. No, apparently there's a big market for German newspapers. Ah. Which, which town are we in now? Time. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Because that's the Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Zeitung. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. So it's the Zeitgeist. So that, was that, that was a, must have been a big German settlement, I guess. Interesting. Oh, it must have been, yeah. Um, Franklin saw the printing press as a device to instruct colonial Americans in moral virtue. Despite his own moral lapses, that's the only thing that kind of implies any kind of lewdness, Um, Franklin saw himself as uniquely qualified to instruct Americans in morality. He tried to influence American moral life through construction of a printing network based on a chain of partnerships from the Carolinas to New England. Franklin thereby invented the first newspaper chain. It was more than a business venture, for like many publishers since, he believed the press had a public service duty. Ooh. So he's just spreading, he's just spreading news spreading, and morality. Spreading legs everywhere. Oh. <laughs> dude. Speaking of spreading legs. Okay. Interested to see where this goes. Back in 1723, at the age of 17, Franklin proposed to 15-year-old Deborah Reed while he was a boarder in the Reed home. At that time, Reed's mother was wary of allowing her young daughter to marry Franklin, um, who was on his way to London uh, at the time was when he was sent over to uh, London, and also because of his financial instability. You know, if you're going to let your kid marry, you want, a him to be, year old. you want him to be a wealthy 17-year-old. Um, her own husband had recently died, and she declined Franklin's request to marry her daughter. Um, when he was in London, his trip was extended and there were problems with Sir William's promise of support, like I sort of mentioned before. Perhaps because of these circumstances and the delay, Deborah married a man named John Rogers. Oh, no. This proved to be a regrettable decision. Yeah, I knew it. Just could tell John Rogers. He sounds like a prick. Rogers shortly avoided his debts and prosecution by fleeing to Barbados. Or, <gasps> Matt? Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> he fled with her dowry, leaving her behind. Oh, no. Roger's fate was unknown, and because of bigamy laws, Deborah was not free to remarry. So she was left shortly after oh, she got married, shit. but she was just stuck. She wasn't... Wait, she didn't even get married. No, they got married, oh, they and then married. he left not long after, because he got her dowry. Got the cash. Got the cash. Really? He got the, got the down payment. And you couldn't do That concept wedding. is so weird, isn't it? It's like, it's please very, take my daughter. It's very strange. Please, we know she sucks, but please take yeah. her. I find that really strange. Bring it back. Hmm. You know? Hmm. Then people can get something for it. I mean, who's, wait, who's getting it? The parents. No. Does no. the new husband get it? Because then they're sort of just giving it to the daughter anyway, right? Sometimes. I think it either goes to the husband or the other family. Right. It probably, yeah, I better get, yeah. It is a weird system. It's a really weird system. Don't bring it back. I was being lighthearted there. Don't bring it back. Get rid of it, if anything. If it still exists. If it still exists, which it does probably in some places. Hey, if you are saving up, if you have a young daughter and you're saving up a dowry for her, yeah, I reckon... Just buy her something nice with it. No, I, oh, okay. I was going to say um, get onto patreon.com. <laughs> Great. <laughs> buy her something Even nice, better. a subscription to our podcast. In her yeah. name. You know, we're really close to that tattoo goal, so... What every teenage girl wants. Yeah. A subscription to do go on Patreon. Yeah, that's what I wanted when I was a little girl. Yeah, and my parents never gave it to me, and I never forgave them. Mm. Do you want to be that parent? 
And hmm? you did not turn out well. I am not okay. At all. You aren't. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong, <laughs> as You turned out real wrong. Oh, yuck. Anyway, so she's stuck, unable to get married. So See, This is why Benjamin Franklin may also like older women, because you don't have these young like parents telling you off. Right. That yeah, sense. maybe. Cause Make their own decisions, because their, their parents are, are dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. What's that? Dad's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll marry you tomorrow. Yeah. Real turn on. Oh yeah. Dead <laughs> parents. <laughs> oh, mama, I guess my motor running. Jackpot has been hit. Motors probably weren't invented yet, were they? But No, but his motor was running. Oh, purring like a Motor in his balls. Purring like a real big bag of balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which had been invented the year before. Yeah. Bags of balls? Mm, they were all the rage. Oh, cool. So... <laughs> Please tell me more. Franklin established a common law marriage with Deborah. Oh, when he when he came back? Yeah. Well, a little bit, yeah. In, yeah, a little bit later. He's still... In 1730. He still obviously liked her then. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, 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 he did. Uh, although I have read that he wasn't all that complimentary about her. And other people had sort of suggested that he only married her so that he could he had like access to sex any time he wanted. Which was always lewd. Access to sex. But again, no. That's why he married her. Access to sex is a good band name. <laughs> access to sex. Yeah, really. Nice turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. What about access of sex? Access of sex. Axis? Like the access of evil. Or the access of awesome. No, the access of sex. Access of sex. It's fun to say. Good hashtag. Too many S's and X's. Hashtag access for sex. Access for Axis for sex. Oh, that sounds real That's bad. That's not okay. They're an evil uh, evil group of countries who are pro-sex. They're pro-sex? Yeah. Oh, no, no, we can't. They've gone pro. They're pro they've at come sex. Up from the, they've come oh up from God. the little leagues. Okay, I'm going to keep going, I think. So, they, uh, yeah, they're now together. I guess it's kind of like de facto, you know? Like, they're not actually married, but they're married. Hmm. Um... And they took in, <laughs> this is good, um, they took in Franklin's recently acknowledged young illegitimate son, William, Oh, and raised him in their household. William had been born in 1730 as well, so not, uh, maybe earlier. It, it said circa 1730, so he could have been. Born in the circus. Mm. He was very, very young. And, was, he, uh, was he a strong his, man? His mother was never identified. Bearded lady, I think. Uh, son of the bearded lady. Mm. Yeah, right. we don't know. So Illegitimate bearded lady son. We've all got one. Mm. Did, he, did he have an affinity with elephants? Yes. Mm. You never lose that. <laughs> you never lose it. Mm. So Deborah, you, never, you never forget your affinity with elephants. They That's never what they forget. say. They never forget. An elephant never forgets its infinity. Affinity infinity. with elephants <laughs> is cute. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, Deborah raised William as well. Um and Deborah and Ben had two children together. Their son, Francis, was born in 1732, but he died of smallpox uh, when he was about four. And their daughter, Sarah, who went by Sally, um, was born in 1743 and grew up um, to marry Richard Bash and have seven children and look after her father in his old age. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, in 1733, Franklin began to publish the noted Poor Richard's Almanac, with content that was both original and borrowed, under the pseudonym Richard Saunders, on which much of his popular reputation is based. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> this is Richard Saunders. I only have one voice. 
That's also, also Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I put it to you, uh, Mrs. Do Good, uh, that you sound very similar to Benjamin Franklin and this other bloke. <laughs> no, it's just a New England accent. We all. We're How do you like them apples? <laughs> We're very good friends, and we sound similar, <laughs> and also like ghosts. <laughs> the transition into yeah. into the afterlife would be easy for, <laughs> for those girls. Yeah, imagine you trying to be a ghost. Ooh, I'm haunting you. <laughs> so deep. Ooh. So sarcastic. <laughs> oh, scared are ya? Not really, no. You're kind of... Why are you sassing me, ghost? I'm sorry. Why are you sassing me, ghost? Sorry to sass. All right, I'll see myself out. Oh, Jesus, what have I done? <laughs> I'm no good for this game. I'm imagining a ghost, Matt, on the other side of the door. <laughs> Just looking really, what have I done? What have I done with my life? This is a horrible choice. Should have stayed alive. What have I done with my death? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. This is a long report. I'm going to keep going. Please do go on. Um, uh, so he's, he's publishing... What's his pseudonym again, sorry? Richard Saunders. Mm-hmm. And they're publishing Poor Richard's Almanac. Um, it was it was no secret that Franklin was the author of this, but his Richard Saunders characters repeatedly denied it. <laughs> I am not Benjamin Franklin. So many people are writing mm-hmm. in and saying, Oh, Benjamin Franklin, we know that's you, mm-hmm. but it's not. No, no, no. I'm Richard Saunders. <laughs> I'm completely different. I'm a completely believable um, character. Look, I have freckles. <laughs> no, Jeff- they are not drawn on. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin does not have freckles. I think you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're Richard's a little Welsh. <laughs> I can't do a Welsh accent if I try, so it's nice that I'm accidentally doing one. Oh, so stop Stop asking if, if I'm Benjamin Franklin. 
I'm not. <laughs> I'm Richard Saunders. It is a bit Welsh. Is it? Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, now I know how to do a Welsh accent. Just do ghost Benjamin Franklin. See, it's a rule of thumb that I've always known. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> poor Richard's proverbs were adages from this almanac that are actually still used today, such as a penny saved is is two pence dear or tuppence dear, which is often misquoted as a penny saved is a penny earned. And All right, I've heard that one. This yeah. one's so good. <laughs> Fish and visitors stink in three days. <laughs> That's a good that is good. Is that good? I like that a lot. That's a good it's a good rule too. Yeah, fuck off visitors. In three days. In three days. Three days is the max. It's and funny because... Get out of here with your three-day-old fish. Especially if your visitors are three-day-old fish in the first place. Oh, oh and then And by six the six days. days, no good oh, at all. No good at all. He, sa- he sold about 10,000 copies per year. It became a complete institution. People loved this almanac that he wrote. Unless, of course, we're talking about oh living God. fish. Because they're quite young fish, three-day-old fish. Mm. If you think about it like that. Are they three-day dead old? Oh, my God. Dead old. When you're stamping on my foot like that, Jess, is that a sign to keep going? <laughs> I didn't mean to stamp on your foot, but um, I'm glad I figured out a way to shut you up. Loves now, it, loves it, loves a Dave riff. Really does not enjoy <laughs> when I riff. That's because your riffs are midway through a sentence. You go, uh, something seven minutes ago, whereas Dave... <laughs> Dave's with it, and I often, out of the corner of my eye, I see Dave open his mouth, realise Jess is speaking, and shut his mouth. I see that so often. The secret. Never seen that from you. I, I, I dare you to listen back to an episode and hear when Dave talks. It is always in the middle of your sentences. You're just looking at Dave through these weird, positive goggles. You don't see him for the devil that he is. The secret is, use the silly voice. <laughs> it gets me every time. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Try a, a silly trick. voice. Think about all the times Dave has broken me. It's been with a silly voice. Oh my god, it actually has. Mm. You're not actually funny. Jess is a real basic bitch. Very easy to make laugh. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but just do a silly voice. I have not noticed that. <laughs> okay, so I'm an easy I, laugh. I, I don't think that equates to being a basic. I really bitch. don't know what basic bitch means, obviously, but what does it? It means it means easy to laugh at silly voices, I'm pretty sure. I don't think that's it. What does it mean? Not that. And with that, shut down. I'm going to keep going. Shut down by Jess. Oh, what a weird new new experience. <laughs> don't know how to don't know how to deal with it. Dave, can you help with this tension? Please that's do it. go on. Thank you. I'm giving you the finger, Matt. Acknowledge it. Will not acknowledge. Acknowledge my finger. I won't acknowledge. Jess is fingering Matt. Real good. Okay. Franklin was quite an inventor. Among his many creations were the lightning rod, glass harmonica, which I'll talk about a bit more later, um, the Franklin stove, bifocal glasses, and the flexible urinary catheter. Now, I okay, we'll go through those. But with the Franklin stove, is he just pointing at other people's inventions and just putting his name in front of it? Mine. The Warnocky TV, Warnocky <laughs> microphone in here, Warnocky walls... Wonky podcast. This is a Thank Perkins you. laptop. Mm-hmm. Wow, the Perkins laptop. Yep. What did you sell that for? Um, this is a Perkins big old hairy fuckhead. He's I invented this. Pointing at Matt. Just invented that, didn't I? Big old hairy fuckhead. Hey? 
Um, it's a real pleasure to be here. <laughs> and the urinary catheter. Let's talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Do you want to talk about a catheter? Mm. Okay, go on. He then. invented that. He invented it. Wow. And a lightning rod. You would not want to get those two confused. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm, <laughs> Just putting a lightning rod up your rod. Oh, <laughs> wordplay. Is that how they work? Catheters. They go right up the pee hole. Mm-hmm. Up your wreath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I regret bringing it up. I thought they just drill like up in, in your stomach area straight into the bladder and just pops out from there. But oh. it's up your dick. We established before that none of us know any doctors. <laughs> I know nurses. Hmm. I just remembered. Yeah, no good. No Bloody good. Bloody hell, that is no good at all. But he thought of it. Um, it was his never... idea, the dick drill. <laughs> he thought of it. Copyright Franklin. Franklin's dick drill. Do you know what's interesting is he never he never patented his inventions. Really? And in his autobiography, he wrote, As we enjoy great advantages from the inventions of others, we should be glad of an opportunity to serve others by any inventions of ours. And this we should do freely and generously. That's very noble. That's very noble. So, of these scientific discoveries, of which there are so many, in fact, I got a list here of just like some of the um, inventions and like scientific studies that he sort of looked at. So, I've got a little list here. Uh, so he looked at population studies, Atlantic Ocean currents, wave theory of light, meteorology, tracking kiting, concept of cooling, temperatures effect on electrical conductivity, and oceanography findings. So and he, and he never did any more education? No, he stopped must school a, when he was 10. He was, must have been a bit of a natural genius. He was self-taught. He like did a lot of reading and stuff. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Of these scientific discoveries, perhaps his most famous was the kite experiment that you mentioned at the very top of the show. <gasps> so I'll talk a little bit about that. I don't Because um, I don't have a science brain, so some of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, obviously. Matt. Well, Matt will explain all of that. Yeah, no, I've got this. Okay, cool. So in 1750, he published a proposal for an experiment to prove that lightning is electricity by flying a kite in a storm that appeared capable of becoming a lightning storm. Um, so in 1752, another guy, Thomas Francois Dalibard of France, conducted Franklin's experiment using a 40-foot tall iron rod instead of a kite, and he extracted electrical sparks from a cloud. So they kind of go, oh, my God, this theory is right. Oh, right. But are they friends or are they rivals? Uh, I think he'd read the right, okay. the um, proposal. I thought, didn't you say on his behalf? No. Hmm. A weird thing that for my brain to add in. <laughs> so he just stole the idea. He went, that's mine. But around the same time, um, Franklin may possibly have conducted his well-known kite experiment in Philadelphia, successfully extracting sparks from a, from a cloud. Philadelphia. He described the experiment in the Pennsylvania Gazette on uh, October 19th, 1752, so a little bit later that year, without mentioning that he himself had performed the experiment. He just kind of described what had happened without being like, I did it, me. Um, He's always inventing characters and distancing himself from stuff. Yeah, Mm. he's quite humble. He's so humble. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. modest. Also, maybe he's hiding something, something Uh, lewd. There Mm. we go. Um, This account was read to the Royal Society on December 21, and printed as such in the Philosophical Transactions. Great, great name for a publication. Joseph Priestley published details in his 1767 History and Present Status of Electricity, and Franklin was careful to stand on an insulator, keeping dry under a roof to avoid the danger of electric shock. Ah, right. Others, such as Professor George Wilhelm in Russia, 
were indeed electrocuted during the months that followed Franklin's experiment. Oh. Yeah. So he was fine because he knew to stand, um, like, in a how to avoid, stand in a puddle. That's how you avoid getting I know science. hit by lightning. Stand in a puddle, hold metal objects. Um, Is this what you should do in a storm? And right. taunt lightning. Be in oh. a bath, have your toaster. <laughs> hold your toaster, hold in, the your toaster in the bath. Hold your toaster in the bath. During a storm. During a storm. It's yeah. the only way to avoid being electrocuted. <laughs> You gotta get the bath outside. Sorry if your bathroom's upstairs. You gotta get that downstairs. Sorry it is if it's a hassle, in. but I mean, is continuing to be alive a exactly. hassle? Exactly. You, you, know. you so. need to, you need to live. Yeah. You gotta live. Get that bath out of the wall. Thank you. I'm not a science person in. either, so I, I appreciate your advice, Matt. Yeah. Live by this. Thank you. Outside bath toaster. It's hard. You gotta have have to get an extension cord for the toaster. Right. Which but, is one of the trickier parts. And but. if you could get an extension cord that's faulty and has some of the wiring oh, well that, in well the puddle. Well, that sucks some of the electricity out of the storm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that reduces it even more. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. here. So a lot of people say throw out your old faulty wiring. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, throw it out into your um, cupboard of good wiring. That's what you have to do. Right. Yeah, put that into the box that you have in your garage labeled in case of lightning. Mm-hmm. Which I assume we all have, right? We're not yeah. Idiots. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if we're alive, then we do. Yeah, right. So there's a lot of dead people who didn't have that box. Mm. And what's mm. what's that myth of filling the the bath with gasoline and grabbing it? That's can- not a myth, mate. And getting a candle does that actually help a storm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. put your head in an oven as well. Fuck, this is a long list. It is a long list, but yeah. I want to be safe. You gotta have a long neck to make that work, but. Unless you've got your oven outside as well, right. but I mean, that's a hassle. Well, in some ways, I'm all neck, so. <laughs> some ways you are. I used all neck uh, in something recently. I was on, um, was it our podcast? No, it was on another thing. I did not at all credit uh, you guys. Uh, I just said there was some snakes were mentions. I go, in some ways, snakes are all neck. Oh, no. Get a good laugh. Get a good laugh. Oh, there was no studio audience, but... Um, <laughs> I reckon there'd be people laughing when it goes. It's going out. It'll be out on. It's on uh, this new web series that we're doing at Super Studios. What Evan's doing called "Gamey Gamey Game" about oh, video cool. games, yeah, yeah, nice. which you were on the proof of concept of. Mm-hmm. Jess, I filled in for you as the guy who doesn't understand games. Excellent, welcome. Cool. Well, that's great to know that the legacy lives on. Yeah, the neck legacy. The necklacy. Oh. Um. <laughs> Surprise yourself there. <laughs> Um, in his writings, Franklin's indicated that he was aware of the dangers and offered alternative ways to demonstrate that lightning was electrical. Um, and he did not perform this experiment in the way that off, that is often pictured in popular literature, flying the kite and waiting to be struck by lightning. That's not that's not how it happened. People have this... He didn't do that. No. He didn't tie a key to it. That's he, what everyone talks about. Yeah, no, he didn't just have like a... He wasn't just flying a normal kite. What he was doing was uh, he used the kite to collect some electrical charge from a storm cloud, showing that lightning was electrical. That's way less fun, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I imagine him out there with, like, t- uh, the story I heard, he's got the key, because it's metal and all the conduct electricity. Yeah, I remember Flying it out there. Too. And in my memory, he's also naked, having sex. And an apple falls on his head. Yep. And then he goes, hmm. I think I've just thought up penicillin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Marie Curie. <laughs> yeah. That's the Marie Curie story. She was there too. <laughs> she was the one who was doing the Ludax with. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. Man, they'd have smart babies. Imagine. Smart, if they, were, if they forgot to wear babies. the wooden condom. 
which is it's easy to forget. It's actually pretty hard to forget. Yeah. You know, you know when you're not wooded up. Got wood. That's that where the saying got wood came from, yeah. That makes sense. I got a woody. Ugh. Um, okay, just a few other things that he did because he, he's not done yet. In 1736, Franklin created the Union Fire Company, one of the first volunteer firefighting companies in America. Wow. In the same year, he printed a new currency for New Jersey based on innovative anti-counterfeiting techniques he had devised. <laughs> he's incredible. Um, sorry, did you, you know, jump in? No. No, I was just taking it all in, and to be honest, I was just impressed over here. I know. Now you can't... I can't... But it's still at the back of my head. I'm like, I know he's a perv. Yeah, well, to be honest, I think his currency was probably like those poker cards with naked women on them. Yeah. That's probably what he's using. (laughs) As he matures... Four aces, please. (laughs) What would be on an ace? Oh, yeah. You know what's on an ace. An ass. Oh, yeah. A for ass. (laughs) Four asses, please. As he matured, Franklin began to concern himself more with public affairs. In oh, oh, here we, here we go. go. <laughs> the pub- he's gone public Sorry. with his affairs. It's out from behind closed doors. <laughs> um, in 1743, he first devised a scheme for the Academy, Charity School, and College of Philadelphia. However, the person that he had in mind to run the Academy was Reverend Richard Peters, and he refused. He was like, nah, not doing it. And Franklin put his ideas away until 1749, when he printed his own pamphlet, Proposals Relating to the Education of Youth in Pennsylvania. It's not, it's not catchy, but... Um, Are people just handing out pamphlets in this era? Yeah, he's just got pamphlets galore. He's just on the street, flyering, pamphleting. <laughs> his own ideas. Yeah. He was appointed president of the Academy on November 13, 1749. And the school opened in 1751, so he's just he's founded a school now. Um, in 1743 as well, he, Franklin founded the American Philosophical Society to help scientific men discuss their discoveries and theories. He began the electrical research uh, that, along with other scientific inquiries, would occupy him for the rest of his life in between bout, bouts of politics and money-making. <laughs> Oh. I'm just going to go off for a bout of politics and then I'll probably follow that up with some money making. Come money back to my making. science after some money making. His calendar would have been awesome. Wednesday, money making. Thursday, <laughs> politics. Friday, found a school. Saturday, banging. <laughs> Saturday for banging. All day long. Bit Write of it Saturday off. banging? Write it off. That's nice. You know, save Sunday for just a rest day. <laughs> yeah. A little kite flying. you got to have some. <laughs> kite flying, a little bit of relaxation. <laughs> Franklin became involved in Philadelphia politics and rapidly progressed. In October of 1748, he was selected as a councilman, and in the following June, he became the Justice of the Peace for Philadelphia, and in 1751, he was elected to the Pennsylvania Assembly. And he's also, this is the same time he's founded a bloody school. Yeah. So at this stage, this is confusing me. So at this stage, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania, or is that where Philadelphia is now? Sorry, I look, I look to Dave because he's the geography boy, but you're not necessarily the States of America guy. City, it, Philadelphia is the largest city in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Oh, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. I just think Pittsburgh's the, the big dog there, but Philadelphia, wow, that's probably an even bigger dog. Mm. I love that none of us knew that. Well, I think I think you probably assumed it was right and I put doubt in your mind. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's, he's, uh, he's rapidly doing that while also founding schools and, uh, doing some science stuff and a bit of money making. 
1753, he was appointed Deputy Postmaster General of British North America, and his most notable service in domestic politics was his reform of the postal system, with mail sent out every week. Wow. Well, before that, were they like once a year? I was like, if, if and when. <laughs> oh, right. When I get around to it, I don't know how it was before if anything's, that, but once a week now. If anything's lewd about this guy, it's how much he achieved. I know. I know. It's gross. It's so gross. <laughs> I'm disgusted. <laughs> it's And you're sort of like, God, oh, he's done so much. And how does he have time for all this all this wanking and banging, whatever? He mustn't sleep. He mustn't. Must not sleep. You know? Tell you what, I find it hard enough having a job and a podcast. <laughs> it's... Uh, Bloody exhausting. I'm tired hearing about him. Yeah, I'm tired. I need a nap. Um, in 1751, Franklin and Dr. Thomas Bond, Bond, Thomas Bond, <laughs> that's not funny, obtained a charter from the Pennsylvania legislature to establish a hospital, which was Pennsylvania Hospital, and it was the first hospital in what was to become the United States of America. He founded the first fucking hospital. How do they have schools and not hospitals? <laughs> They've got multiple they a, schools. They have a volunteer fire. Uh, before a hospital. <laughs> They're sending out mail once a week before a hospital. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> he's doing... Ki- he's, why are you out there with a fucking kite if there's no hospital? He's got time for kites. Well, the concept hadn't been invented yet. He invented hospitals. He's a- Fuck, he's good. <laughs> His self-education earned him honorary degrees from Harvard, Yale, England's Oxford University, and Scotland's University of St. Andrews. Oh, they're like the four oldest, most famous ones. Yep. Um, In 1749, Franklin wrote a pamphlet relating to the education of youth in Pennsylvania that resulted in the establishment of the Academy of Philadelphia, now the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, so he's done a uni, a hospital, and a school. Mm -hmm. He's done it all. Um, when the French and Indian War began in 1754, Franklin called on the colonies to band together for their common defence, which he dramatised in the Pennsylvania Gazette with a cartoon of a snake cut into sections with the caption, Join or Die. So he also does cartoons. Oh, my God. God, he's good. Um, he represented Pennsylvania at the Albany Congress, which adopted his proposal to create a unified government for the 13 colonies. Franklin's plan of union, however, failed to be ratified by the colonies. So he's just like... Guys, everybody, get together. Let's do this. I found that interesting. I read that recently that the original states were all up in the... I think I read that recently because of that email was sent, mm. Jess. Mm. had a listener um, send this long email about America, and it was fucking sick. It was amazing. But I learned, yeah, because the, um, early on, the, the first states were just in the top um, north, the northeast. East. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And just slowly... Mexico had a whole big chunk on the... Like, California... And France in the middle somewhere. Oh, right. Cool. Fascinating. Fascinating. Fashionating. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1757, he was appointed by the Pennsylvania Assembly to serve as the colony's agent in England. He sailed to London to negotiate a long-standing dispute with the proprietors of the colony, the Penn family, uh, taking William and his two slaves, but leaving behind Deborah and Sarah. He spent most of the next two decades in London, where he was drawn to the high society and intellectual salons of the cosmopolitan city. I don't know why I'm talking like it's 1940s. Because you love it. I fucking love you it You love so that much. 40s. If you get a time machine, where would you go, Jess? 40s. Really? But yeah. Well, straight to the Second World War. Oh, actually, cause <laughs> a then, great time for the planet. Yeah, and, and I would want to be like a radio announcer doing those voices, but I'm a lady. 
So they probably wouldn't let me. Even though I'd be like, let, give me a crack. Look, I'll show you what I can do. I've seen movies. You just have to put on a little mustache and wear a hat. Tie my hair up. Yeah. Hello. Mm. Hello. No, you got to go deeper. I'm a man. No, I only have one more. Hello, I am Jess. Can you do your 1940s voice in a man voice, though? The yeah. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> because they sound up top. But yeah. It was yeah. 1943. I think that does sound like... A, a man. A man. Or, you know... Oh, wow. You've got a, really, you've got a manly voice at all times. Wow. This is Dave speaking, by the way, not Jess. I know I have a more <laughs> feminine voice than her, but it's hard to tell, I know. Hey, women's voices can be men too. <laughs> okay. So, Franklin returned to Philadelphia in 1762, and he toured the colonies to inspect its post offices. <laughs> so, <sighs> Just got to go do a routine check. Priorities. He's checking the post offices. And his son, William, took office as New Jersey's royal governor, a position that his father arranged through his political connections in the British government. It is Nepotism. You know. Nepotism. It's all about who you know. Franklin lost his seat in the Pennsylvania Assembly in 1764, and he returned to London as the colony's agent without Deborah, who refused to leave Philadelphia. It would be the last time the couple saw each other. Franklin would not return home before Deborah passed away in 1774 from a stroke at the age of 66. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. Um, In 1776, he was appointed commissioner to Canada and was one of five men to draft the Declaration of Independence. (gasps) Franklin's support for the Patriot cause put him at odds with his loyalist son. Oh, wow. So they had opposing views. He loved he loved the Britons. He loved the Brits. Um, when the New Jersey militia stripped William Franklin of his post as royal governor and imprisoned him, his father chose not to uh, not to jump in to defend him. Ew. He was like, "No, you'll be right." After voting for independence, Franklin was elected commissioner to France and set sail to negotiate a treaty for the country's military and financial support. So now he's in Paris, uh, and he was there. So he's just set up a new country, and now he's off to Paris. The city of love. Here comes the Uh, loot. Yeah, here we go. Uh Uh-oh. Much has been made of Franklin's years in Paris, chiefly his romantic life as essentially the first U.S. ambassador to France. Pretty old at this time. Mm. After Deborah's death, Franklin had a rich romantic life in his nine years abroad. At the age of 74, he even proposed marriage to a widow named Madame Helvetius, but she rejected him. Bam. 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 Boom. And I'm gone. <laughs> it's it's getting harder and harder for him to stick to his older women. Yeah, rules. I know. Like he's looking for... It maybe means older women compared to his 15-year-old first wife. Right. That's where he draws the, the standard. Yeah, but when you know, you know. You know? You know. When you know, you just know. You just... What's you know. this in reference to? Well, he met Deborah when she was 15 and he knew. Right. But he was 17 as well, and right? And he knew. Nah, I don't see it working out. He knew. Young idiots don't make good decisions. That's true. No, I bet they don't make it. She's already dead. She's cheap. Uh, they got married. Knew it. Knew they it. were married knew for it. a long time. Called I bet it. they're both dead by now. What is wrong with you? Exactly. Exactly the question you should be asking. What? <laughs> of who? Potential lovers. What is wrong with what? you? Okay. First Hi, before we get so going here. Meet you. Um, this is a cool bar. I didn't even know this was here. What a cute little uh, Melbourne, hey? We've got uh, bars in so many laneways. What's wrong with you? I, look, honestly, it's not a bad question if you to ask people. Not, maybe not first maybe date, not I reckon. Straight up. Maybe give it a couple of months. How about this one? My only weakness is I care too much. 
is I work say, is too there, hard. Is I'm too kind. <laughs> great. My so only weakness. If I work too much, that is a great one in job interviews. My yeah. only weakness is I'm married to the job. I don't have a great work-life balance. I just work too hard yeah. for, you for you in the future. I love you <laughs> as a boss. Oh, my I've, my I've wife it again. will inevitably leave me if I get this job. Yeah. So, please. My only weakness is my addiction to sex. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. But to be honest, I only do it outside of the hours of 9 to 5, Monday yes, to Friday. So, don't worry about it. Nine to five, I'm all yours. Nine to oh, five, oh. I cannot think about boobs. Yeah, I get, Can't do it. I get through my addiction by having sex with the job. <laughs> Eight hours a day. I will be sex. fucking my desk. Yeah. And my job is satisfied. Oh, wow. <laughs> my job can barely walk at the end of the day. <laughs> my work is done to climax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing the regret face again. You don't Benj- like that one? Benjamin Franklin. Is this what he's... How he's gotten so much done. He was married to the job. Sounds like he was. Just banging the job. He must be... We've had a few overachievers. He must be right up there I reckon. at the top. Casanova did a lot. But yeah, Casanova really got shit yeah, done. Yeah, but he got shit done but also fucked up a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds like this guy... Has he made any mistakes? Has he made any enemies? Oh, I'm sure he has. His wife died alone. Okay, but he couldn't help that he was overseas. A mere side note. <laughs> he couldn't help it. <laughs> We well, don't go overseas thinking, well, you're going to die while I'm away, do you? No, but he, she didn't want to go. He should have stayed with her. She didn't want to go because she was scared of the ocean. Nah, fuck her. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she's clearly an idiot. <laughs> Why would you be scared of that terrifying <laughs> body of water? <laughs> when you spend weeks on it. Yeah, I, yeah, what an idiot. I mean, if the Titanic's taught us anything, it's that the ocean is a friendly place. 100%. I've got no more to add to that. I think you nailed it. But icebergs are the problem. Yeah. I'm scared of icebergs. Yes. I won't put ice in my drink. You know what my dad calls ice in drinks? Speed bumps. (laughs) Really? Slow down the drinking. (laughs) Does he know what's causing it? (laughs) Did I tell you what he says? Johnny. If if you offer him like a glass of water. He goes, you want a glass of water? Do you know what fish do in that? (laughs) Swim? (laughs) Shit, he's thinking shit, isn't he? And shit. They do any, They do everything in there. <gasps> everything would be the correct answer. Yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah. Meditate. Smile. <laughs> Go like this. Connect. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do do that in water. Anyway, I'm nearly finished. So um, he just doesn't drink water, John. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Look. He'll chug down cordial at the best Cordial? <laughs> Your dad is such a character. <laughs> I'm not drinking water. I'm not some weirdo. Give me that cordial. <laughs> I'll mix it with some sugar, though. <laughs> Don't you bloody worry. So funny. <laughs> Franklin was embraced in France as much, if not more, for his wit and intellectual standing in the scientific community, as for his status as a political appointee from a fledging country. His reputation facilitated respect and entries into closed communities, including that of King Louis... Who's good with Roman numerals? What's the number? Me. I can do this. XVI. X Fuck. King Louis Sixteen. Yeah. X is 10. V, 5. 1, or I even, is 1. If it's after the V, Dave, if it's before the V, it's a subtraction. Is that right? That's correct. So IV is... 4. I get it. There's a little crash course. Um, it was his adept diplomacy that led to the Treaty of Paris in 1783, which ended the Revolutionary War. <laughs> he just ended a war, too. So, 
So he just hold on. So what? Say read that sentence again, please. It was his adept diplomacy that led to the Treaty of Paris in 1783, which ended the Revolutionary War. Wait, right? But that's not the revolution, though. It's just a revolutionary war. Oh, right. Sorry. Yes. Didn't I say he finished or ended a war? Yeah, right, right. Okay, great. I thought I'd said he ended the revolution. Dave was correcting himself. Yeah, but I thought, I was like, he finished the revolution. Yeah, I know. That would have been huge. Oh, okay. But it feels big anyway, right? It's just after that, though. What's the revolutionary war? I don't know. Oh, I'm just saying, but the French Revolution, I'm not sure about the... Right. Is late 1780s, early to 1790, I think. So, after almost a decade in France, Franklin returned to the United States in 1783. He was elected in 1787 to represent Pennsylvania at the Constitutional Convention, which drafted and ratified the new U.S. Constitution. Franklin helped found the Society for Political Inquiries, dedicated to improving knowledge of government, in 1787. He served as president for the Pennsylvania Society for Promoting the Abolition of Slavery, and wrote many tracts urging the abolition of slavery and petitioned the U.S. Congress in 1790 to end slavery and the slave trade. He'd had slaves earlier in his life, but as his um, like as his views sort of changed more and more, he was like, "No, nah, that's not right." And he let I'm pretty sure he let his slaves go. He must have anyway. Um, Benjamin Franklin died on April 17, 1790, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> At the home of his daughter, Sarah. He was 84, suffered from gout and had complained of ailments for some time. And he bequeathed most of his estate to Sarah and very little to William, whose opposition to the Patriot cause uh, still stung him. Oh, so they never made up. Not really. He also donated money that funded scholarships, schools and museums in Boston and Philadelphia. So he just like left... Because he was, what do you mean? he was quite wealthy and so he left money to Sarah and to fund scholarships. So, cause he, so he, when did America get founded? So he died a little while into that. You, when, when you said he mm. signed the, like he was the founding father, right? So he, he died in the USA, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he, but he was born in like the British North America or whatever. Is that sort of right? Yes. That's that's what I he saw so much change in yeah, his life. Yeah, a lot of change, and di- probably and instigated created a lot of it. Yeah, it was so influential. Wow, I, I had no idea. I knew uh, I knew him as the kite guy, really, mm. and being uh, is he one of the? He's not on the rock, is he? I thought he was, and I, that's what was going to be my question. No, I was going to be like, who's third from the left? But yeah, he's right. not. He's no, not. that's uh, that's Abraham Lincoln, Jefferson, Lincoln, Washington, and Roosevelt. Very good. Right. Now, I want to end on something that I haven't done for a little while. <gasps> Fun facts. Fun facts. Yes. Woo! Oh, wow. I hope they're lewd facts, too. They're not lewd. Um, so, a self-taught swimmer who crafted his own wooden flippers, Franklin performed long-distance swims on the Thames. In 1968, he was inducted as an honorary member of the International Swimming Hall of Fame. <laughs> what? That's a little bit fun. What year? Uh, it, not until the 1960s. Ah, oh, still cool. That is amazing. Be, all these honours, that's probably his number one. Wooden flippers. Wooden flippers. He made to his go own his wooden, wooden flippers. dingers. <laughs> yeah. um, he was an avid chess player. He was playing... I don't understand how he fit everything in. I know. 
He was an avid chess player. He didn't have Netflix. No, oh, there it is. He didn't have a podcast. Ah, right. This does take up some time. So much time. (laughs) I think of all the stuff we could do. I would have founded at least one hospital. Hmm. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would have attended it. I would have probably watched a movie last night. Wouldn't have paid your bill for about six months. (laughs) (laughs) I would would have watched a movie on Netflix instead of doing this report last night on a Saturday night. I know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Makes you think. Makes you think. <laughs> it does make you think. <laughs> he was playing chess by around 1733, making him the first chess player known by name in the American colonies. That's a weird That's a weird note. Anyway. Everyone he, else was known by their height. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, 1.68. <laughs> Good evening, 1.74. His essay on the morals of chess in Columbian Magazine in December of 1786 is his second known writing on chess in America. <laughs> He also wrote about chess. It was beaten by 1.68. Franklin is known to have played the violin, the harp, and the guitar. Fuck off, mate. He also composed music, notably a string quartet in the early classical style. He developed a much improved version of the glass harmonica, in which the glasses rotate on a shaft and the player's player's fingers hold them steady. Um, And this version soon found its way to Europe. Both Beethoven and Mozart composed music for this instrument. What? That's cool. That's cool. That's fun. Those are my fun facts. That is a that that is my rock solid fun facts. Mm-hmm. All wow. killer, no filler. We've got to remember though that he was a, a dirty perv, and we've got to take him on face value because he's in the golden hat. And I started up the top with the dirty perv stuff, but I couldn't find a lot in there. So, I mean. Dig a little deeper if you like, want to. But sounds like when he got to Paris, he had a few dalliances. Yeah, I think he may have back home too. Oh, all right. And we'll put. I'm sure we'll we'll find some stuff, listeners. Tweet us or whatever, and we'll we'll um share them out. Any sort of lewd tales? Yeah, any yeah. Benjamin Franklin pornos? Any got? any photos of, or videos? Any gifts of? Ah, oh, bring on the gifts sure, for sure. Surely there's a founding father themed porn. Oh. Okay. Yeah, what would probably. you call it, Dave? Pounding Fathers. <laughs> Which is such... It sounds Pounding funny, fathers. but then you think about it, it sounds, it's so fucked. Fuck, you're so good at porn names, though. Thank you. Thank you so it's much. It's a real art. I know. I wish I could somehow monetize it. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I suppose I could just work in the porn industry. There you go. Bang. There we done go. It. You're done. Anyway, as always, we um, we should probably thank some of our Patreon listeners, shouldn't we? We should. And I, I'm keen to maybe we'll thank a few more because we, we've had um, a few people message in uh, saying, oh, it's taken a while to get uh, up to my name. So we're going to start doing um, twice as many as we normally do at the end. Yeah, because we're kind of getting, which we are so thankful for, more people pledging uh, than, uh, than the three a week that we can actually get through. So thank you so much to everyone that does support the show. Yeah. You obviously get rewards like being read out or... Bonus episodes, which are always very, very fun. There'll be a bonus episode out soon. Soon, for July. A July bonus episode. So keep an eye out for that if you are a patron. And, uh, of course, patreon.com slash dogoonpod is the way that you can support the show, show your appreciation, and uh, sort of keep it humming. What what was last month's uh, Patreon topic? It was a good one. I forget what it was. Oh, it was uh, Prince von Einhold. Oh, oh, I did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was fun. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk? We haven't really talked about that. Maybe we should give a little sizzle. So Matt did the topic. Uh, Prince, uh, what was his name? Prince von Einhold. That's right. And he um, is this real crazy character. He was born in Germany and he, he ended up moving over to America and marrying Zsa Zsa Gabor. And he was not a prince. He wasn't a prince. He, he got, he basically, he um, paid 
to be adopted. <laughs> As an adult. As like, he was like 36 and he was, when he, he got adopted. He paid a princess to adopt him. So yeah, we talk, I think that, that episode, they're meant to be mini, but they often end up going for nearly an hour anyway. Yeah, for an hour. Well, that one might have even, yeah. Anyway, so check that out. We just like hanging out. That's right. If you pledge, those old episodes are still there available for now anyway. We don't know how long we'll keep them up forever, but, you know, I think there's seven or eight for you to catch up on. What a fun there. Anyway, I'd love to thank uh, a couple of of my favorite listeners and slash Patreons now. Um, Obviously, uh, first off the list is Stephen Last. He... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Very good. He's a real... Just a real good, solid guy. He's a guy you can depend on. Yeah. That's why when I think of Stephen Last, he's a guy that is there when you need him. Yep. To the very end. Yep. Uh, and also Robert Farley. He oh. is one fine piece of ace. It's a that's a uh, Chris Farley. Farley Chris Farley quote from <laughs> from Billy Madison. Um, he's an, an Englishman from uh, Veronica Vaughn. Vaughn is one <laughs> fine piece of ace. ace. That is correct. That's what he's doing. The strip, stripping. Bill, Billy's getting onto the bus, and uh, and uh, Farley says that, and then he and and he goes, you know, if you know what I mean. And, and Sam's like, no, no, I don't know what you mean. And he goes, me and her, we got it on. And he goes, no, no, you didn't. And he goes, but you can imagine what it'd be like if I did, right? <laughs> and he goes, everybody on the bus, good, great, grand. Real fun stuff. Somebody Remember when Adam Sandler made good movies? I don't know if he ever made good movies or if we were just younger. That's a big debate. Yeah, okay. Because you watch them now and you're like, eh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I have not seen that in a long time, but I do have fond memories of it. Mm. But anyway, Robert Farley, what a legend. He's from uh, Carshalton in England. I wonder, he, He's got to be our only Carshall, a little village uh, south of London. Um so stoked that you're listening. He's got and his uh, supporting. His Thanks in. so much, Robert. Can and I call you Bobby F? I want to call him Rob. <laughs> Rob, Rob Farley. Robbie. Do his accent. You'd know the Carshalton accent from South London. South London. It's probably not quite that. It's definitely not that. <laughs> Straight to Adele every time. <laughs> I love. Him. Good evening, London. <laughs> Thanks so much, Robert, and thanks so much, Stephen Last. You guys are legends. Dave, you got some people to, to thank? Well, from one side of Europe to the other. Well, not fully to the other side, but still incredible that we're sitting here in Melbourne, Australia, and we have two people that pledge. Uh, first of all, all the way from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> A large country. And, uh, of course, I Love Germany. share the German blood that no doubt runs through your veins. Chris Mikalia, thank you so much for uh, pledging from there. It's um on you, Chris. Thank you. So so cool. Um, uh, let me just uh, do a little German for you, for you, Chris. Ich kann kein Deutsch sprechen. Können Sie English sprechen? I can't I speak, speak German. German. Do you, you speak, speak English? English? Clearly, you do, Chris. Otherwise, you've just pledged something that you don't understand. Well, he finally the first words he finally understood <laughs> on the podcast. You just said. Uh, possibly also That's the very patronising. He obviously understands English. Possibly also the first words that uh, our next Patreon... Just because Australia doesn't learn other languages, which is a real downfall in our education I, system. Did you just come into that conversation <laughs> right at the end? Anyway. Can I also say that those words may also have been the first words ever understood by our Swiss listener. Whoa. Many of them do speak German. Roger Federer. It is Roger Federer's neighbour, 
Jeffrey Neckes. Oh, oh, Jeffrey. Oh, so, so good. Neckes uh, is a great name. Neckes, N-E-K-Y-S. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, but let me just say, Ich kann kein Deutsch sprechen. Konnen Sie Englisch sprechen, Jeffrey Neckes? Do you speak English, Jeffrey? Let us know. So, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's not incredible that That's people really on the outside cool. of the world are pledging every month. You know, I've got Swiss blood. My uh, great, great grandfather came to Australia from Gouda. He grew up in this tiny village in Switzerland near the border of Italy called Gudo. Oh. I'm going to go visit it next year. That's cool. Yeah. We just uh, just uh, figured out with a mate is going to go near there. I'm like, can I come too? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Can I come? That's awesome. That's, oh, well, let me ask you a question, Matt. It can't kind Deutsch sprechen. Können Sie English sprechen? Matt Stewart. Uh, Matt Stewart. C. <laughs> He's nailed it. It's on Very the border good. there. Italy, yeah. Italy and Sw- Italy. Switzerland. C, I can speak English. You say, Paolo. Uh, Paolo l'inglese. Uh, si, va bene. No, non sempre in retardo. <laughs> Means no, I wasn't late. I went that in. You know, on. Uh, I would also like to thank a couple of people uh, all the way from Canada. Oh my God, we're so international this is today. Very international. Um, I would love to to thank the lovely Kathleen Neves. Ne- I hope it's Neves. Neves or Neves? That's probably Neves. Or Nevis. 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 Ben Nevis. Kathleen, you know who you are deep down. Um, Thanks so much, Kat. You are an absolute champion. Thank you very much for for listening to the show and uh, and contributing on Patreon. And uh, And happy 150th birthday to Canada this year, can we just say. Happy birthday, Canada. 150 years young. You bloody champs. Looking so so fine. Good on you guys. Everyone um, loves Canada, right? That's one thing oh, yeah. about Canada is there's no haters of Canada. I don't think I think Canada and New Zealand. Yeah. Nobody hates them. There's definitely there's They're so nice. They're so nice. I reckon we're probably a little bit hated. Yeah. But we're, we're mostly nice, but we can be dicks. Yeah, we well, yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Um you know who isn't a dick and is Australian <gasps> is our good friend. And Patreon contributor, Phil Kitt. Oh, Phil Kitt. Phil! We legit know Phil. We know Phil. Met him at our live shows. Phil came to our live shows and he's a he's an awesome dude and he's a photographer and he he's just a great, great human being. He looks like Nick Mason. Hi Phil. Big Phil fan. Big Phil fan. He's Hi like, Phil. He's like a like a like Hollywood Nick Mason. Oh my god, yes. He's like yeah, definitely. He's a, he's the Nick Mason that you wouldn't waste on a podcast. You want a camera in front of that oh, guy's yeah, face. Oh yeah, but Unfortunately, when he has a camera in front of his face, it's pointing the other way. Exactly. Because he's an artist. He's an artist. He's he an artiste, even. He's an artiste. He's another level. So thanks, Phil. and um, Kathleen from Kathleen Canada. From Canada. I can't believe Canadian so cool. listeners. If you're anywhere near a moose right now, Kathleen, can you take a photo and send us in? Send us in. Send to us the in moose. to the moose. <laughs> <laughs> Fly me to the moose. <laughs> 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 That's great stuff. <laughs> That's like the best laugh I've got on this podcast, and it's so dumb. No, I love it. Love the voice was amazing. Ram <laughs> me to the moose. <laughs> it really tickled me. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so we're done. Let's get out of here. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you want to get in contact, all the links are in, including the Patreon uh, 
link in the description of the episode. Jess is telling me she wants to say something. <laughs> Speaking of the Patreon, I was like, I gave it to you. I was like, wrap it up, Dave. But um, we are so, so close to our goal of $2,000, which will mean that listeners will get to vote on either Matt or I getting a tattoo. So if you are listening to this and you don't uh, you don't contribute on Patreon, maybe you've got a few bucks you want to throw and also you'd like to embarrass us. And Can I just say, I feel so good that I did not agree so with that. So smart, yeah. Oh. My regret face, maybe that's what I should get tattooed, is my regret <laughs> face that I have while getting the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> the artist has to keep like checking your face yeah. and coming back. Oh, that's good. That would be great. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, so, so you were really close. So if you want to contribute, you, Obviously there are rewards... Uh, for most, yeah, most levels, yeah. Of, and there's a, you know, more, uh, there's a real diverse range of rewards <laughs> there, sure. including uh, mini episodes, which are, you know, um, Patreon only. Uh, I try and do a newsletter every now and then, yep, uh, which goes out to everyone on Patreon, and other bits and pieces. Uh, what else there? Shout outs, obviously. You get to vote for the topics that I'm currently doing every three, every third episode is... Uh, Obviously, my report. And uh, these days, you get to vote on what I do. And most importantly, we're doing the Christmas cards again this year. And you want to get in on that action. That's right. There'll be a whole new uh, Christmas card going out. And Mm -hmm. if you sign up before November 15th, I think we've got it. It'd be funny if we just use the same card forever. I do have some... I do have a few leftovers. (laughs) If anyone does want the retro one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can request. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to jump in there. Sorry, Dave. No, and, and also, totally and that is on on the way to our bigger target, which is the one that I'm maybe more excited about than anything ever. Aww. Is uh, we've got a target, a stretch goal of seven thousand. If we get there, we'll, we're going to do an American tour, and maybe even elsewhere as well, Canada mm. and mm. well, Canada is in America, right? North America. Anyway, you mean in our tour? Tour. Sure. Oh, Canada I wanna... isn't in America. It's in a, in North America. Anyway. <laughs> It's weird that USA gets to own America as a word when North True. Americans... Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I'm right. not here to bloody talk politics. Sorry. Sorry to get up there on my high horse. Get down. We've uh, got to finish up. Yes, we do. And then can we go to... Let's do a tour in uh, Europe as well. Okay. Yes. Oh, thanks, Jess. I've got the, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Conan's the English sprick. <laughs> and I'll say, uh, parlo un po' italiano. Un po'. Is that, I speak pretty good Italian? I speak a little bit of Italian. <laughs> and, then they, cozy. and then they Un start po. going... Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're go, like, whoa. I go, hmm, hmm, si, si. And then, and then I accidentally sell Matten to uh, sex slavery. In Italy? Yes. Oh, they're all studs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you'll be great. You'll have a good time. Oh, that's all right, weird. Guys, <laughs> we, all right, we do have to go, but thank you so much for uh, listening every week. Uh, what I was going to say before is that all the links to our podcast... Uh, podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, email, and Patreon are in the description of the episode, but it's at DoGoOnPod for uh, all the social media stuff, or DoGoOnPod at gmail.com. Get in contact, request a topic. The hat's full, or it's getting full, but it will never be full. It can't be full enough. It can't be full. It can't be full. It's got a hunger that can't, can't be sashed. Can't be full again. Don't be full again. Anyway, the music's playing now, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, guys. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Laters. Hello.
friends, just wanted to drop in and quickly tell you that you may have seen on social media that we are doing a live show in Sydney in August. We are so excited to be going and visiting our friends in Sydney. Um, it's going to be at the Chippo Hotel in Chippendale on Sunday, the 27th of August at 2pm. So it's a Sunday sesh, which is good fun. And I don't know if we've mentioned this a million times or not, but my birthday is on the 26th of August. Dave's birthday is on the 28th of August. We're both turning 27 this year and we're having the live podcast on the 27th. So we're going to make it a birthday party slash podcast. It's going to be so much fun. Fun. Um, this week only, you can get cheaper tickets by using the code word 27 when you book online. So if you're wanting to come along, jump online and grab those tickets. You can find links on our Facebook and Twitter, all our social media. So look up Do Go On Pod on Facebook or at Do Go On Pod at, uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's going to be heaps of fun. So if you want to come along, you absolutely should grab some tickets. There's fairly limited seating. I think it's going to sell out. So grab some tickets and uh, bring your mates and we're going to have a great time. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.